Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, what's happening? Welcome to another edition of the player and the fan. Hey, look, wait, a, wait a second now. Like, where is it? Like, I'm talking about we got we got pictures now. We got t-shirts. We got coffee mugs. Everything. With, with the Christmas theme. Yep. Hey, what you over there doing? You over there? Hey, you over there doing big things, girl. <laughs> so Vito dropped off a whole slew of things for us. Um, if anyone wants, you know, a, a t-shirt or a mug or whatever, 15% off your entire order. So do you know just in case you want support, you know? You know what I'm saying? Hey, I, I, I need my care package too. I need that shirt. I like that shirt, but I like this shirt I got on too, though. I hey, like my boy, hey, my boy, all Lamar, he that that cap package was tough. That is kind of tough. I and like the right. I like that. Is is my chest? Is my chest muscles jumping? Oh God. Anyway, let's go ahead and just start I, off with the podcast. <laughs> you struggled too much. I almost passed out. I, thought, I was trying <laughs> to make my chest jump. It didn't. It didn't. Did it jump? Could you see it on camera? I didn't know. Oh, okay. All right then. Well, whatever. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Player and the Fan. It is yours truly, David Noel. I'm the player, the coach, whatever you want to call it. And I, yours truly, Miss Kiera Luck. Kiera, what's happening? Good morning. Good morning. We are um, a day after a win. Carolina. It was, it was, it was, a, it was a win. It, it was, was a win. A win. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what, two games in a row? Oh, um, it's, it's called a streak now. A little, little bit. A little bit. To me, it's a streak. Is anything more than one is a streak. So I'm excited. Um, Absolutely. But um, let's go ahead and just get into the win by the numbers. Uh, number 22 ranked in North Carolina. Um, so, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. So I was looking at the rankings yesterday. And we are ranked number 22, which, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not upset with us being ranked number 22. What I am upset with is I saw a team that was in front of us at 21. And that team is the bums that are eight miles down the road. Just one rank. J j they, first off, first off, <laughs> why, why are they ranked? And then second off, why are they ranked ahead of us? Now, you, can't, you can't lose two games and then cancel the rest of your games and then be like, oh, yeah, we still a top 25 team. Uh, I, okay, like the win over Notre Dame. Okay, they might have. I, I, I get it. They, they kind of came back, but I, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't is like it, it. Is this the Coach K effect? It absolutely is. How many times has Duke been lost like twelve games in a row and then dropped from from number two in the country to number five? Like Duke do that mess all the time, man. I mean. If I'm a Duke fan, I'm not complaining. It is know, yeah, but, you, but we ain't Duke fans. So I'm going to complain, and I'm going to point it out. Because you bums, you shouldn't even be ranked, you bums. That's all right. Go ahead. I don't want to take no more time on them bums. Getting <laughs> into the win by the numbers, um, North Carolina defeated, it defeated an unranked Kentucky, a young Kentucky, 75 to 63. We have, um, what's this, four players in double digits, Caleb Love, Armando Baycott, Garrison Brooks, and... And who? Kerwin. Well, come on, wait. <laughs> and Kerwin. who? 
mother freaking what the man who went on the eight and oh run himself hey man listen i hey i'm excited for my guy curlwood i'm excited I ain't gonna lie to you. I thought he was gonna Kenny Williams us for them for a second. <laughs> I'm talking to, no, stop talking about Kenny. You know I'm still the conductor on that train. Stop it. I, I thought he was gonna Kenny Williams us for a second there, but my man showed up yesterday, and it's he only what, what? I mean, it's seven games in, and he's finally yeah. shown up. Lucky and number look, seven. All I can say was, okay, my man can shoot. Okay, okay. I told y'all, I told, I told y'all this. Wait. Kerwin went on an eight and zero run by himself in the second half that gave Carolina the boost, and honestly, their largest run was nine. So I mean, Kerwin just you know contributed to the largest run um, Carolina had that that game. So I just want to point that out. I, I will say this. I will say this. It was very much needed. Yes. And I hope that it very much stays because. <laughs> Because we we need to be able to shoot the basketball. Right. Again, yesterday we were five from 20 yeah. from the three-point line. My God. My God. And again, now again, as I told y'all before. Who shot those three threes though? <laughs> Come on. This 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 can't can't get right number two. <laughs> that's, what, that's what his name gonna be. Can't get right number two. Right. But no, I I I'm again. I am. I was a fan of. I, I told y'all this from the beginning. I didn't know. I didn't know. I, I, I'm sure you heard me say it on a couple podcasts earlier when we were talking about the class that was coming in. And when we signed Curry, I was like, I was watching his highlights, and I just didn't know. And 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 up until yesterday, okay. I still didn't know, but I have hope. I'll I say that. We're all late bloomers. I, I get it. Some of us, it, it takes a little longer than others. Okay. That's okay. And, and that's, that's fine. As long as he peaks at the right time. Absolutely. It might have been yesterday. You know, just, just throw I, that I, I, again, what did I just say? I hope it stays. <laughs> um, let's go into some of the specialty stats. Uh, only fast break points for seven. Only seven. That, that's a problem. Hey, let, let, let's, let's point that out right now because North Carolina is known for getting out in transition. They are very, very poor this year in transition. I don't know if it's the guards not being able to push the ball up the floor correctly or the bigs not running enough. But yesterday we didn't get, we only had seven fast break points. And a lot of that was just, I don't even know what to say because this isn't, this isn't the normal Carolina team when it comes to getting the ball out the basket quick enough and pushing the ball up the floor. And only 10 points off of turnovers. Again, we now I will say this: we did try to trap a little bit yesterday. We 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 did our running jumps, we did our forty twos, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Kentucky just did a great job of handling it. So you, sometimes you run across that. Sometimes you run across a team that just handles the press well, and, and Kentucky did that yesterday. And I mean, I'm I'm not, I'm not mad at that number as far as points off of turnovers, but I definitely think it it can be. I think for this North Carolina team. It has to be a little bit more, especially if we're not going to shoot the ball well. In <laughs> the last bad statistic is what you pointed out is that we had uh, we were five for twenty from the three, mm-hmm. but Carolina only had eleven turnovers compared to that's, the three, that's phenomenal, and then yep. fourteen assists. 
that's also phenomenal because it's, it's been like six and eight other games. So, um, yeah. but Carolina was out rebounded um, by Kentucky. Carolina had 38 rebounds and hold on, let me uh, switch it over to Kentucky. They um, had 42. They had 42. And that was the yeah. one thing that coach Kyle wanted. Um, he definitely wanted um, Kentucky to out rebound Carolina because Carolina is out rebounding their opponent by uh, 18 rebounds. And yeah. if, if there's one thing Kentucky did right, they definitely won the rebound contest. Yeah. And, 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 and for me, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with us being out rebounded. Well, nah, I, ain't, nah, I can't say that. Well, I, I can because what happened was their, their bigs were very, very active on the backboard mm -hmm. and we didn't do a good job yesterday of helping the helper. If our big stepped up, we didn't have our guard come down and crash that big in order to keep them off of the rim. So that's where that came from. But at the end of the day, Kentucky just did a great job of kind of staying active on the backboard. Um, and, and you know, that and that and that's to be expected. Uh, Ware did a great job. He had four offensive rebounds for them. So and, and, and I think a couple of those were like put back dumps kind of deal. So when you couple that with North Carolina getting out rebounded, North Carolina uh, shooting 62% from the free throw line, North Carolina shooting 25% from the three-point line, the best part about that, but what we did do is we we defended well. We, we, we held them to 39% shooting from the field and 23 from three. Um, so... A lot of those shots were kind of open. They just missed them. But I think we did a decent job of contesting. So can we, we'll, we'll, can we, we'll see. Okay. Can we also just shout out uh, Davion Mintz? He's a Carolina kid um, at Kentucky, graduate student. Um, and he played phenomenal. He, he had a shook little bit. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge him. Um, two seconds. From Charlotte. Was, from Charlotte, yeah. He's a yeah. Carolina uh, just, let me just go back to Carolina. And I wanted to ask you, because I'm looking at this 14 and eight number, uh, 14 and eight, with one assist and only two personal fouls and two blocks last night. Is it safe to say that this is now <clears throat> Armando's team? It's absolutely safe to say that. Armando has been the most consistent. Yeah. And, and again, this is this is not a shot at Garrison at all. Garrison is definitely handling his business. Yeah. And, and the reason why we and, and the reason why when we when we talked about <clears throat> him possibly not winning ACC player of the year, I pointed out why. I pointed out because he plays alongside of Armando Baycott. He plays alongside of Dayron Sharp. He plays alongside of Walker Kessler. And those are the things that are naturally going to take away from the eye test what Garrison brings to the team. Mm -hmm. But Armando has kind of come out of his shell. Yes, absolutely. So to speak. I think last year maybe humbled him a little bit. Yeah. He was he's a very he's a very confident kid and mm -hmm. which I like. I love it. I love the way he plays the game. He plays with a motor that that is that is second to a few. But He's going out and also proving it on the floor. Um, watching the game yesterday, there were there were a few times where I felt like we were coasting, and he was the battery that we needed. Yeah. 
-hmm. So I think the energy that he's bringing, the, the rebounding that he's bringing, the consistency that he's bringing is, is allowing him to kind of be, I think right now, like from the outside looking in, it may look like he's the leader, but, but by no means, yeah. I, I, like it is still Garrison's team. Yeah. But as far as the play and consistency of what Armando is doing, I think it is safe to say that <clears throat> you can have a two-headed monster. Absolutely. And, and right now, Armando is a little bit ahead of Garrison as far as us saying, like, whose team it is. Heard. And, and also, I don't want to discount your favorite player, uh, Andrew Playtech. I mean, hey. he still comes in and gets, you know, he got six points and four rebounds and, and two assists. He made a big three. Yeah. Yeah. So I, listen. What? <laughs> Listen, and and, and 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 as much as I'm on the the playtech train, I really, really don't want to be on the playtech train. I want to be on the leaky black train. Uh oh. So, like, so here, here. Listen, listen. For North Carolina to be successful, Leaky Black has to turn it up. What do you mean? Okay, so Leaky Black finished last night with six points, six rebounds, and one steal. So two of his six <laughs> points. <laughs> two of his six points, one was a pull-up. That's his game. He was 0 for 3 from 3. Listen, I can't like Lee. Uh, Coach Williams sat down Jackie Manuel in two thousand four when they came in, and and told Jackie like, if like here if he's gonna shoot the three, he's got to get into the gym and work it every single day. I'm okay with him shooting the three if he's putting in the work. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully it comes to fruition. And when I say, I ain't talking about, all right, just stay a little bit after practice and get up a couple shots. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about getting in the gym every single day, getting up at least two, 300, 400 shots to where when you get into the game, it is all muscle memory and it, and it comes to fruition. Yeah. If not, if you ain't doing that, he can't, he can't shoot the ball. Right. He can't shoot the ball from, from three. His pull-up looks perfect. He's six seven. He can shoot over. He can be the Sean Livingston, and 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 I'll give I'll give credit credit to Jawad Williams for that. Jawad told me he was like, bro, like he he's a jump shot away, but he can be Sean Livingston, and I completely agree with that. He can be Sean Livingston, of from the Golden State Warriors, mm -hmm. who never took a three when he played for the Golden State Warriors, but he ate jokers up in the mid range. Yeah. Because he can shoot over everybody. The people that's guarding him are like 6'2". Yeah. Man, put them jokers in the post real quick, turn around, jump shot, or or one foot inside the three-point line. I'm telling you, one foot inside the three-point line is so much different from one foot behind the Like, the shot, the shot is completely different. And so if that's the case, Leaky Black has to do that. And if Leaky Black can do that, North Carolina becomes the team that we are expecting expecting them to be versus yeah. the team that they are today. And with that, again, I'm okay with being on a play tech train, 
But for, in order for North Carolina to go to where we need to go, I need to be on the leaky train. Absolutely. Okay. Now, with that being said, let's segue into some some breakdown. Break breakdown. Hey, who's saying that's 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 Mariah Carey, ain't it? It is. <laughs> with, with Bone Thugs and Harmony. Hey, break breakdown. Hey, welcome to another edition of Dino's Breakdown. And listen again. We probably won't do this every podcast, but again, I think we found some good stuff yesterday to kind of show you where North Carolina can kind of improve a little bit in certain areas. Because to me yesterday, like everything was kind of tough for North Carolina. And in order for North Carolina to kind of get out of these shooting woes and and uh, having everything be difficult for them, again, for me, it comes down to spacing. If we can get the proper spacing that we need and again, mind you, I've played in North Carolina system, so I understand why they do some of the things that they do. But there could be a little bit of a change, like simple, small things that I think can help some of these guys uh, uh, help things become a little bit easier for North Carolina's offense. All right, so listen, the first, first clip we're going to watch is that probably the I want to say this is like the second or third play uh or second or third offensive possession of the game so go ahead and play it here so as you see North Carolina they're swinging the ball around getting good ball movement now we're at the end of the shot clock we're we are at the end of the shot clock and now it's time to run our pick and roll North Carolina does a great job. North Carolina, they play with two bigs. That's fine. The part in playing with two bigs is they have to have spacing in order to be able to maximize what they do best. And also, this will help our guards. North Carolina consistently post up because they want, they want the attention of the defense. They want the attention of the defense to be like, hey, yes, we're guarding somebody. But that also hurts in spacing when it comes to pick and rolls, when it comes to being able to roll to the rim, little things like that. So, Kiera, go ahead and hit play for me. As you can see, RJ, RJ Davis has the ball. He's calling for the ball screen. Pause it. Garrison Brook is on the block trying to post up. The problem with that is, where is Amando going to roll? North, Car North Carolina, if, if you if you can take Garrison and slide him down to the dunker spot, that's right there around that S and CBS uh, uh, sports. Slide him down to the dunker spot. And then as RJ is coming off of the screen, now you ship him to the other side. Put him in the dunker spot on the other side, which is about the T in CBS sports. You, you ship Leaky out to the corner. And now you have the spacing for Armando to be able to roll to the rim because, again, Armando isn't a pick-and-pop guy. In this type of situation, you set this screen right here for a pick-and-pop versus a pick-and-roll because the, because the block is filled. But knowing that Armando or none of our bigs are really a pick-and-pop guy outside of maybe Walker Kessler, but North Carolina doesn't do that. North Carolina likes to roll everybody to the rim. So if you're going to roll everybody to the rim, you have to move the guy out of the way in order to make things easier for a guy like Armando Baycock to get the bounce pass because I believe that R.J. Davis 
does a great job of, of reading screens. He's a pass first point guard. He can hit him on a bounce pass. And now when that happens, if Garrison is on the other side, Armando has the whole side of the floor to work with. If Garrison guy comes over, now he can either throw it up to the rim, hit Garrison for a bounce pass, and now we have two two uh, now we have two points versus a rush three by Caleb Love. Go ahead and hit play. And so those are the little things inside of North Carolina's offense that I feel like that we can fix. Um, and and here's another one. This is this is good though. This is good. This is a good offensive possession for North Carolina as they find ways to kind of understand what we're doing on the floor. So this is after a made bucket. North Carolina does a great job of getting the ball out. And we talked about earlier how North Carolina didn't get a lot of fast break points because Kentucky was prepared. They, As soon as the ball went through the rim, them jokers were sprinting back like crazy because they understand who North Carolina is. They play North Carolina on a consistent basis year in and year out, so they understand who North Carolina is. So they made an exertive effort to make sure they sprinted back after every single bucket. So that's why you only see uh, 10 fast break points from North Carolina out of the game yesterday, they did a great job of taking that away. So now Playtech gets the ball. Uh, RJ does a great job of pushing it up. We get the ball out to Playtech. He hits uh, he hits Amondo in the middle of the floor. So again, once Amondo catches the ball, I want you to watch where Garrison is. Garrison is still trying to post up above the block inside the paint, which means we are clogged. There isn't enough spacing for Armando to be able to make a move that is going to be uh, efficient enough in order to be able now, mind you, Armando is talented, Garrison is talented. When they get the ball around the rim, more than likely it's either a foul or a bucket. Mm -hmm. But what can help them out is the spacing that we have. If Garrison, at this point when Armando catches the ball, go ahead and play it here, pause it. On that drive, if Garrison is, again, in the dunker spot at, at the T at yep. of, of, of CBS Sports, now Armando has the chance to drive one both ways. He doesn't necessarily only have to go left, but he does a great job of driving left, uh, getting able to get the ball off of the backboard, and then he gets two offensive rebounds then eventually gets fouled. But it could have been so much easier – had Garrison been down in the dunker spot. Great offensive rebound. Again, his battery is what saved us yesterday, along with a few uh, Kerwin Walton buckets. I'll, I'll give Kerwin his due props. <laughs> due props. Late buckets. All right. Here's another one. And this is... Let me let me let me say this. Let me let me let me preface this by saying um, North Carolina does a great job when they run their secondary break. All right. So here, North Carolina is in their their standard uh, secondary break. They run in regular. They swing the ball. You get the back screen. Go ahead. Pause. 
right there, even though we get this law, which is great, which is great, what can help North Carolina, you see how Leakey is setting the screen in the paint below the free throw line. Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily give Garrison much room or, or the defense much room to even have to help a little bit. Again, this was one that worked because you can see Clark is on the on the ball side. And so when Leakey sets this screen, the big has to follow Garrison and we're able to get the lob over the top. I wish, or this, this is what I think will help North Carolina out a little bit. When Garrison moves this, moves this ball to play tech, if he waits a second, wait a second, let Leakey come and get his man. So meaning he's going to set the screen around the top of the key area versus down here in the paint. Now, again, this one worked out for North Carolina, but I feel like regular, there is no stopping regular. We talked about this off camera. North Carolina has been running the same plays for a million years, <laughs> and it seems like nobody can stop it. And the reason that nobody can stop it is because North Carolina puts you in a position to say, hey, if you don't help here, this is going to be open. If you, if you don't help there, this is going to be open, which I think is phenomenal. That is great. But in order for the things to work out and, and more, consistently than, more consistently than they have for North Carolina, it's, again, it's about spacing. It's about understanding where you are on the floor. It's about setting the screens in the right place. So if North Carolina can set this screen outside of the paint, more in that top of the key area, now it gives Playtech plenty of room to be able to see if Garrison is even actually open. Because right here, he's assuming. Yeah. yeah. And it just happened to work out for him, honestly. Because if Clark even takes one step back, that can be a steal. But nonetheless, it gives Playtech a chance to be able to see if the play is actually open. It gives it gives uh, whoever is guarding Leakey, the, he's going to have to help off even lower now. And now when Leakey pops to the top of the key, he's going to be open for a shot. And now Clark is going to have to close out to him. So now Leakey is able to put the ball on the floor, be able to get to the rim. But again, this is a good one because it worked out for North Carolina. But again, I, I do think there can be a little bit of uh, cleaning up in this. I see you, G. I see you, G. All right, now, 1658. There we go. We, we, we at your boy. Hold on, let me get it. There, 1650. Why is it so difficult? There we go. All right, bet. All right. North Carolina shoots the free throw. We pushing it up. To, or excuse me, Kentucky shoots the free throw. We pushing it up the floor. Again, regular. Pause it. I'm sorry. Go back. Go back. Just a couple clicks. Oh Lord. You could just hit. You could just hit the 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 back button, and it'll rewind it five seconds. Right here. Yep, that works. So again, we're running. We're this time we're running dribble. Uh, again, North Carolina has different options outside or inside their secondary break. When they bring the ball down, the spacing or, or the positions are the same. It all depends on what the point guard or the four-man does with the basketball in order to let you know what play is going to happen. So here we're running dribble. That means Caleb Love kept the ball. Garrison came to set the screen. And Leakey now is, again, still getting ready to set the screen in the paint. Again, a little bit of a problem for me. But, again, it's worked out for North Carolina over the years. I wish that screen was a little bit higher. But, nonetheless, it works out. So now, 
we don't get the ball uh, on the lob, so we swing it back uh, to, to Leaky as he pops. And now we throw it in the post, pause. As soon as this ball is thrown into the post, you can see the double screen going away uh, for Caleb. This is what North Carolina does well. They improvise inside their offense. That's why North Carolina is so hard to scout, so hard to play against, because there isn't really anything that is set, set. There isn't a set where this guy's going to be here or this guy's going to be there every single time. What they do is they read the situation. They read the situation over and over and over again, and then you have a guy like Leakey who's seasoned inside of North Carolina's offense and system to understand where his screens need to be set. So as he passes this ball inside uh, to, to Garrison, Garrison does a great job accepting the double team. Leakey does a great job of screening away, and Kerwin comes off and is able to knock down one of his threes that really helped North Carolina yesterday. And, and again, this right here is North Carolina basketball. And if and if and if uh, Kerwin Walton, Dr. K, whatever you want to call him, can continue to shoot the ball like that, along with maybe a Puff Johnson, now North Carolina becomes the team that Jokers are going to be very, very scared to play. Along with Caleb Love finding his way, I think Caleb needs to get downhill, continue to get downhill a little bit more, kind of stay away from the three-point shot right now and, until he opens his game up by getting downhill. Jokers kind of lay off of him. Now his three-point shots become a little bit more easier. So those are the things that North Carolina can continue to do. Um, again, I didn't like yesterday's game that much. I'm glad we got the win. But those are, the, I think, some of the little things that North Carolina can clean up continuously. And, and I, again, if Dr. K, a.k.a. Kerwin Walton, a.k.a. can't get right number two, <laughs> can continue to play like that, Hey, North Carolina is going to be scary, man. All right. So let me ask you some questions pertaining to this is our overall discussion. So um, a lot of the questions I'm going to ask you are going to kind of reflect the game that we saw yesterday. And also a little bit of that amazing, amazing, amazing Gonzaga and Iowa game that was at noon. It was a game before Carolina. And that was my first time actually watching Gonzaga and who do you remember who my player of the game or my player to watch was? Yes, I do. Name was Jalen Suggs. I told you the boy was a problem. Listen. Okay, so think about this. You, <laughs> you finally, you finally saw Jalen Suggs play, uh -huh. and you finally saw Chet play. Yeah. They were on the same AAU team. I cannot. I cannot. <laughs> Whoever that was hit the lottery. Like. Listen. For for honestly, for me, watching this year's. One, I feel like Gonzaga is going to finally win a national championship. Yeah. Two, Jalen Suggs is very much making a case for being the number one player to be taken in next year's draft. So Jalen finished last night with 27.7 rebounds and four assists. Um, yeah, he, he was just phenomenal yesterday. And so this makes me ask the question, um, are we seeing a transition from because if we're being maybe this is me too but Gonzaga really wasn't in like top school conversations a few years ago like 
they, they just weren't. I mean, other than, you know, when Carolina beat them in a national championship in 2017. But prior to that a little bit, they just, um, I, to, to me, I, I, didn't, I didn't hear much Gonzaga, uh, like, rumbles. Uh, there were definitely Gonzaga rumbles. Maybe, like, maybe. like, so you know who has the highest win percentage as a coach over the last, like, 10 years? Mark Few. <laughs> yeah, like, like, he, like, and, and, but I, I, so here it is. Gonzaga doesn't necessarily get the respect that they deserve because of the conference that they play in. They mm-hmm. continuously win their conference. I mean, it's like the. I think to me, they are they are on the level of a Kansas. Mm-hmm. They they are they are on that level. And when I and 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 people like when I say that, meaning Kansas consistently wins the Big Twelve. The reason why Kansas gets so much respect for winning the Big Twelve year in and year out is because there are so many talented teams inside of the Big 12. In, in the West Coast Conference, there aren't that many talented teams, but they continue to win year in and year out. And when they win it, they win it big. Yeah. So so that, and so that when I say that they're on the same level as Kansas, that's what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm, I'm meaning more as far as winning consistently their conference. But what Gonzaga has done and, and continues to do and what they've done over the last 10 years if they they play a very very tough non-conference schedule, yeah, to make up for what yeah. they have to deal with inside their conference, so they come out and they play your North Carolinas, they play your Dukes, they play, well I don't think they play Duke, but they play Kentuckys, they play Kansas, they play uh, Iowa's, so they they play some of the top teams year in and year out because of. They, because they understand what their schedule is in conference, they have to challenge themselves. And this year, oh I'm man, gonna, they, they have absolutely ran through college basketball right now. And they will. I mean, when you, yeah. when you <laughs> it's like, I, I get the only good other team they play, I'm not, yeah, is Virginia. That's it. Everyone else yep. is, it's, it's like you said, they should go undefeated. There's no reason why they really like, should. But um, I was on the tip of my tongue. So when you're looking at Gonzaga and you're talking about uh, Coach Few, and one of the things that I saw um, on his top things to do, um, other than being a number one seed, was have fun. And Gonzaga has only played four games, including the against Iowa. They were off two weeks. And one of the things Few was, was kind of nervous about was whether his team was going to be able to, to function with two weeks off. And it looks like they had zero issues with that. So um, when you're looking at an experienced team like this and you're looking at how great Jalen Suggs is, um, what is wrong with college basketball? And when I say that, um, when you're looking at Kentucky, when you're looking at Carolina, um, there are just younger teams are having a hard time adjusting to college basketball. or They're having a hard time with basic basketball skills. So is this the social media, like hype, um, high reels, YouTube issue, an AAU issue? Are we overhyping these kids and they're not learning basic skills? Because it shouldn't be this hard to tweak and upgrade you um, if you've been playing basketball since you were in the womb. This is absolutely a social media AAU uh, deal. When it comes to when it comes to AAU, AAU is built around a couple high-ranked players. Whoever your high-ranked play- players are, you put the ball in their hands and you let them go make a bucket. 
That's what AAU is. AAU is coached by guys who don't necessarily, and that's like as I and as I've coached in AAU with Team Felton, um, I learned that. I learned that that kids don't necessarily want to like necessarily learn the game just yet. They want to get out there and just play. And as a coach, you have to find that balance of allowing them to play, but also preparing them for the next level. At Southern, when I was the head coach at Southern, that was my that was my number one thing. I told them, I am going to teach you the game. And then once you get to the next level, it is my job to make sure that your learning curve is this small and not this big. Yeah. What you are seeing is all of these freshmen that are coming in that are highly touted and, and they supposed to be number one in the country and they the best basketball players. Nah, they're not the best basketball players. They got some talent, but what, what they're missing is the basketball IQ of the game. And that's what you're seeing night in and night out with your Kentuckys, with your North Carolinas, with your Dukes. They, they like, you, sometimes it's a hit or miss with the, and, 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 and people gonna think I might be crazy for this. I think you are finally seeing the end of the one and done era after this year, so to speak. And, what, what, and two things. What does that say mean? That what does that mean? Like how? Two, th two things are gonna happen. One, the NBA is finally gonna change the rule and they're gonna let kids go straight out of high school. That's one. Right. But number two is the kids that are going, like in order to win and, and become national champions, like I think you hear every broadcaster say this every time somebody plays, you gotta be old. Yeah. You got to be old. Think of the North Carolina team that, that won national championships. I was going, you, the one person that popped in my brain was Cam Johnson. And no about it. age, but I mean, he was older and he's mm -hmm. succeeding at, in Phoenix. Like he's, you know. Listen, to be, to be older in college is a great thing. To be older in the NBA I think, I think what they are seeing now is what you have done may as much as potential is here, because that's what the draft is. The draft is all about potential. Right. What can you, and potential ain't nothing, honestly. Like if you think about it, like what have you done? Like what have you done? What have you done should matter more than what your potential is. But that's not how the NBA works. I will say that. That is not how the NBA works. The crazy part about that is, and this is also why you see a lot of overseas guys going before you see a lot of American guys going. Yeah. Because overseas, they've played against older guys. They've been pro for a little bit. They they so so they are more mature in their game, even though their age, even though they're age, they didn't play AAU. They 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 played in a system. They play, they play in a place to where they had to one play against grown men who were older, who they, they had to play against guys who were who were very, very talented, just not NBA guys, so to speak. And if you can flourish in something like that, then okay, coming to the NBA is gonna be easier for you than it will be for a younger kid. Now, mind you, there are there are your talents. Anthony Edwards, I absolutely think he is a talent. Your, your, your LeBron Jameses, your John Walls, whoever your number one overall pitch, your Kyrie Irvings, guys like that who did the one and done versus outside of LeBron, 
they are very, very talented. So you can see those guys making it. But everybody after that, like it's it's almost a toss-up. It's almost a toss-up. Like, is their potential going to work out? You see what I'm saying? So that's that's what you're seeing. And that's why I say I think it's gonna be an end to your one and dones. I think guys are gonna start to move, especially with the new rule in place where you can transfer without without having to sit out. Like that's why, and that's another reason Gonzaga has another guard that transferred and was eligible right away from Florida. I forget the kid's name, Nim Nimra or something like that. What is his name? Uh, I see. From it, the light skinned kid. Golly, that that really. Uh, Nimhard. 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 I said Nimrod. I'm sorry, bro. I didn't mean to, <laughs> I didn't mean to tell your name up like that. But Andrew Nimhard. Hey, the kid can go. Yeah. The kid can go. And and for him to transfer in from a school like Florida to a school like Gonzaga, and, and he fits right away. He compliments Jalen Suggs. Uh, he ain't coming in with the ego. He came in with experience. And that's why I say I think Gonzaga is a smooth seller for the for the national championship. I don't see them losing a the game. They they may drop one just because, but listen, th these jokers can go. So when you were talking about um, older experienced kids, you know, getting that overseas um, type of experience, the one person that popped in my brain who I think is going to be highly successful because of that is a mellow ball. Like mm -hmm. it's preseason, but you know, he didn't really have that college experience Went to high school, went to Australia, then bought the dang on team. And, you know, mm -hmm. has, has all that, you know, as an 18 year old, 17, maybe 16, you know, playing against grown men. Mm -hmm. And he's just, I don't know why he went third. He shouldn't have went third to me. Like, oh, no, he, no, he, oh, wait, wait, wait. He absolutely should have went third. Because <laughs> you, like, you got to think of, and you, and, and this, this is why I say he should have went third. Like, you have to see the need for the team. Third. Like, if you bring, if, like, the Timberwolves had the number one pick, they got D'Angelo Russell, they got, they, like, they had Cat. You needed somebody to compliment that. You, and you don't get rid of D'Angelo. For me, you don't get rid of D'Angelo Russell for LaMelo Ball. That's just me. So, because the listen, D'Angelo Russell is a he, that boy can go. He can go. And mind you, he's another one and done kind of kid. You know what I'm saying? That has developed into a, 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 a slightly notch right below all-star. Right. I think he's an all-star. I think he can be an all-star. Uh, and then number two, you had James Wiseman. Like, you're you going to get rid of Steph? Now, mind you, I, now I understand what happened to Clay. I, I understand it. what happened to Clay on draft night, dang near. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I get that. But at the end of the day, I still think yeah. you go with James Wiseman. In that perspective, yes. Yeah. So, so the number, like, he absolutely should have went number three. I think that's the best pick that Charlotte has made. Oh, absolutely. Since in God knows when. <laughs> like, bro, I, I'm so disappointed in, in, in their drafts. Like, now, mind you. So I think, I think, uh, I think, uh, Bridges was a great pick, but like over the last like eight years, they've almost drafted the same exact player. Going back to Mike Kaminsky, Cody Zeller, like they like they drafted almost the same player year in and year out. Then you grab you grab Bridges, then you grab PJ Washington. In between that, you had Malik Monk. I thought Malik Monk would be yeah a lot better pro. I ain't gonna lie, I like the Malik Monk pick. Him coming out of Kentucky. I thought he was gonna be the net one of the next best things, bro, for real. And and, and I think he's gonna develop into that. I, I'm I'm pretty sure. 
I'm not sure if he had some off the court stuff or whatever the case may be, but I, I think he's, I think he was a great talent coming out. Like I would have made that pick if I was a GM for real. They like, but the pick since 2011, and that was at Kimball Walker. That's that. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you're exactly right. It's been literally the same position every year, yep. a power forward or a shooting guard. This yep. until Lamelo got there. Yep. Absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Like I and again, like sometimes I'll be watching the draft and be like, yep, Charlotte in the and they in the top, they in the top nine again. Let's see what they gonna screw it up with. <laughs> but but you know, and again, like I'm I'm sure it's tough like to evaluate kids. And again, when you're picking off a potential who you didn't have Cody Zeller has had a stellar career. He's been he's been in the league for what, six, seven, eight years now, nine, ten years. I don't know how long it's been, but like he's had a stellar career. He's he's been the anchor of, of of what Charlotte is trying to do, I guess. But could you have done better? Absolutely, I think so. So like the so I don't know when it when it comes to potential, um, I think it's that's one of the the toughest things to evaluate because you you I feel like you have to be around somebody yeah. like enough to understand what their potential is going to be, what their work ethic is. Like I can call you all day and be like, hey, Kiara, what is such and such work ethic? Oh, yo, he works all hard all the time. Yeah, you're gonna sell it. You're gonna sell it. The coach is supposed to sell their players. That, that, that's that's what it is. And 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 I feel like you can't necessarily judge that until you're actually around somebody and you watch them put in the work and you understand actions over words always float with me. Um, and, and before we close out, can we just acknowledge that I always want to point out that Armando yesterday during his press conference said that Carolina's no longer going to take any more shit. And, you know, essentially, you know, going, uh, he did. He said, no dang gums, no bleep. He said shit. And, and I was like, it kind of took everybody back a little bit because it came out of nowhere. Um, but I, I just want to, you know, acknowledge that. I, I do think, you know, as we're ending the podcast, I, I think we're seeing the turn with Carolina. I think they're growing more confident. They're, they're getting excited about basketball. And I'm excited to see them play state because they play state. It's now ACC play. Mm -hmm. um, now we're going to start seeing games no longer every one week or two weeks, every two, three days. Uh, the Absolutely. Next day, December 22nd at 9 p.m. on the ACC Network against NC State at NC State at the PNC Arena, a.k.a. Um, Dean Dome number two. Absolutely. And, um, we own that mother sucker. Yeah, and yeah, it, sh it should be a good game, though. I, you never sleep on Coach Keats and NC State. I think it's going to be – I think that's going to be a hard win for Carolina. They're not going to get that win easy. I, As I agree with you, history tells me <laughs> that, you know – they, they 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 can't mess with us. So, so yeah, and again, they they win they win what once every ten years or something like that against us. Right. Uh, you know, I, I don't. And do we play them twice this year? No, we do. Yes, we do. We do. We play them twice this year. If they don't get this one, they will not get the one in North Carolina. So, I'm a, I, I'm I, I'm I, as much as I want to say that it's gonna be tough. I don't, I don't, I hope it's not. I hope that we are locked and loaded and we can build off of these last two wins. Mm -hmm. uh, at NC State, 
again, you can't sleep on Keats. I think he's a heck of a coach. They got a lot of North Carolina kids that maybe even wanted to go to North Carolina. So they're going to be playing with a chip on their shoulder. Like, I, I really I, – I like this NC State team. I really do. I just don't like them against us. And that's, you know, I think they can beat Duke this year. <laughs> I think they ain't nobody going to rush the floor, but, you know, they might jump around in the locker room, something like that. But I, 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 I just don't see them beating us, man. And I don't – you know, that, that, that kind of is what it is when it comes to North Carolina State. They, they were like, they ain't even little brother. They like, they like step brother. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They ain't even little brother. They like step brother. And I, and I know if my guy, if my guy listens to this, uh, Julius Hodge, he gonna, have, he gonna have some choice. Where matter of fact, make a clip of this, and I'm gonna post it at, at, <laughs> at Julius. I love it. I love it. Uh, is there any other game that you're anticipating seeing within the upcoming week? Uh, the only one yep. I can see. Oh, you already ready. I, I already know what my game is. What, who you want to see? Who you want to see? What? I want to see Rutgers in Ohio State. Mm. I told Rutgers, listen. Like Rutgers, I, I don't know what it is about them, man. They they've been playing some good basketball. They up to like 19th in the poll. That's like a 19 versus 18 game. Yeah. That's like your eight nine game in the NCAA tournament. This gonna be this gonna be a good one, and if Rutgers can pull that out, because Ohio State looked good yesterday against UCLA, and the crazy part about that is, yeah. I'm kind of glad we played Kentucky. I was and not, oh, I, <laughs> I say that I saw them too, and I Carolina looked out. They definitely yeah, they did. I'm like they said the game was changed because of COVID reasons. Like what what was that about? What happened? No idea. It makes no sense because they. They still play. Everybody played, yeah. So that's like, but nonetheless, I'm glad we played Kentucky and we did not play Ohio State because the way that we shot the ball yesterday could have been completely, uh, that, that game could have taken a, a wrong turn had it been Ohio State on the other end. So we got lucky at that one. But again, hopefully that's one of those type things where, you know, you have a shift in the season where you have that, that key win or something like that. I hope that's the win, even though Kentucky is struggling. I hope that's the win that kind of propels North Carolina into the ACC play and, can, and we can continue to build off of that night in and night out. And with the games coming up so quickly, now we can kind of make the adjustments a lot faster and, 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 and we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, my game is kind of far out um, and this will probably be my game also the next time too, I think. But I'm looking forward to uh, Duke and Pittsburgh. Uh, but, you know, blessings to Coach Cable. Mm -hmm he's tested positive for COVID but um yeah I'm really looking forward to Pitt and Duke because Pitt only lost one game mm -hmm. and can't do so I, I'm really mm -hmm. looking forward to Pittsburgh coming in and possibly winning at Cameron so yeah they play yeah, on the I, that, that, that will be that will be great my my, my boy uh I, I call him the goat uh I coached him in, oh, on with team Felton a DC Tony uh for Pittsburgh like the kid can go, man, and I'm I'm excited to see his jump shot develop because he he was a le he's a lefty with a with a with a with a with a his form was perfect. It just would never go down for him when he was playing with Team Felton. I'm like, dang, boy, he's like right there. And sure enough, Coach Capel and them have turned it up for him, and, and he's he's doing a great job at Pitt. He's always been that dog. He he's always been that guy that that can go out and get you ten, ten, and ten. Like he's that type type of player. And I'm glad to see 
that is working out for him at Pitt and his jump shot is, is, is coming along and being where it needs to be in order for him to be considered one of the best players um, uh, in the ACC. But also, I think his draft potential has, dropped, I mean, has, has, has uh, risen as well. So I'm excited for DC and, and the Pittsburgh program. And shout out to Jason Capel, too. Uh, you know, North Carolina, um, Nuke on top of that. Like, it's like they they have done – don't do that. Don't do that. He's, they have done a great job at Pittsburgh, and I'm excited to see them play. Not not only Duke, but just, just for the rest of the ACC. Last year was a little bit of a disappointment for them, but I think this year they turn it around. Um, and they do play Louisville, who's ranked at 23, on Tuesday. So that's going to be a really good game, too. They defeated Miami. Um like some yeah I, I watched that game that was a good game but so, but chris likes didn't play like so like for miami miami like miami is like why are they almost like right there like it, it doesn't matter first off why can't they get no kids at miami you would think miami it's of, miami right like that's crazy. Like just off a of location alone, I should be able to pull in kids. Like now, bro. If I was because I have Rick Ross at the game, I have DJ Cali them. Like, I, like come on, man, come sit on our front row real quick. You know what I'm saying? Not, everything on us. <laughs> like, Carol like, did well at USC. Like he always had stars at at USC around Reggie and them. Like he, Snoop was always there. Like I mean, like you said, Miami. Why? Yeah. Daddy on the sidelines. Right, right. Hey, Trick, come here, Trick. Bring Trina to them too. Like, right. <laughs> hey, I, don't, I don't know, but I, I guess, you know, at the end of the day, that whatever whatever their philosophy is, is their philosophy. But I've always said, I really don't understand why a lot of kids don't go to Miami. I don't understand it. You know what's funny? Now that we've mentioned it, it's, it's the past couple of years, I've been seeing a lot of superstars at Duke. What is that? I, just because it's like it's it's, it's random because it, it's Duke. It's like the middle of North Carolina. Like it's not like you're going to Charlotte. You're in Durham, and you know. Right. Like, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Don't do I, that. I now. know. I know. No, do I, I know. Okay. I know. I, I, okay. All right. Let's let's pump the brakes on that one. Okay. Okay. But All right. It is. It's Durham, and I get it. It's Coach K and stuff, but it's just. It always kind of like surprises me when I see like on Nolan's IG, like all these superstars coming through. And it's like, I, I like how Coach K is allowing um, that type of culture to be greeted. Like, you know, I, yeah. I like this. I like stuff like that. I, I like right. stars coming and give the program. Like, like you got to understand who you coaching. Like understand who you coaching. Like yeah. Yeah. even in North Carolina to have, to have J. Cole come through. Yes. Absolutely. Like, bro, all of that, all of that is that's that's a recruiting tool too. Yeah. Like, hey, bro, if I go to North Carolina, I might have a chance to meet J. Cole, or you know, if I go to Duke, I might have a chance to, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, and so some of that is, and again, that doesn't necessarily mean it's all going to pan out on the court. But at the end of the day, you're you're have I, I think 50 percent of a coach's job in college is the kids that they bring in. And if you could continue to bring in talent that that fits your system, we ain't just talking about any kind of talent. We're talking about talent that 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 can fit your system right away, and and be developed into even greater talent. Then I I, I think it's it's a it's a hands down approach, and I think you do everything that you can to do that. And that's why again, like Miami, that just shocks me, bro. 
like that shocks me. But at the end of the day, you know, like I said, everybody has their their thing. But I I don't know if I have Miami turned all the way up. <laughs> all like all the way up. No improper benefits and nothing like that. Can't have Ross Hannon, you know, making it rain on the sideline and nothing like that. But you know, yeah, you know, the one or two might do. Yeah, the one thing Coach Cal did write a couple of years ago years ago was had Drake associated with Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, and 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 again, it's a part of recruiting, a part of the stripping game. <laughs> That's all recruiting is—is is a stripping game. <laughs> so, well, I let that be that. Y'all let that marinate a little bit, but that's it's it's. I'm 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 I'm, I'm hopeful that these kids will start to understand like who they are as players mm-hmm. and make the right choice versus the popular choice and so that that's one of the biggest things that i hope will start to happen as this kind of one and done things kind of kind of dies out um and before we close out we want to shout out again our sponsors uh Vito of my canvas tees and also arlamar of arlamar clothing i'll send all their info below and um, we want to thank them again for um, blessing us and as always you the fan if you have any questions comments concerns please by all means hit david or i up in the dms you can comment yes. facebook instagram twitter um wherever you may see us i'm more on social media than david is but I'm, I'm, I'm very much on social media so what are you talking about you all. just be on you be on twitter all the time like i don't tweet i you just don't tweet you do like you love IG. You are on yeah. IG. I'm I'm more of the IG guy. Like if you hit me up, hit me up on IG. Yeah. If you hit me on IG, more than likely I'm gonna see it. If you tweet me, might be two weeks. Maybe just be honest. You <laughs> on Facebook? Anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm never on Facebook. I be having people hit me all the time. I'm like, bro, I hit you on Facebook. Yeah, I ain't see that then. I ain't see that. <laughs> like I be I be trying, man. Facebook just I don't know. It ain't what it used to be. I guess. I guess. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but yeah, that's it. Oh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it is more of a family atmosphere. You go up there for family and friends. You don't really go up there to do more. right. My sister, my sister. Hey, and, and speaking of, I, I want to shout my sister out, man. Uh, Sharika Carpenter Stanley. She has uh, stepped out on faith. She she let go of her job and she's becoming an author now. And she wrote her first book. It is called I Fit In Just Right. So, sis, I love you. I I pray that all of this works out for you because you very much deserve it. You are loved by everybody. I am going to continue. I don't know if y'all, if y'all do follow me on IG, I've posted it uh, time and time again. So she has the link in her bio. She has two different pages. Uh, it's Sharika underscore author, at Sharika underscore author. Um, and then her, her personal page is, uh, SC Stanley or something, 34 or something like that. Um, I'll get on but check her out. Okay, yeah. Good. Yeah. Check it out. And, and, you know, it's, it's going to be, I'm, I'm super excited for her, man. And, and just can, hopefully it, can, it continues to work itself out because this is her baby. Like I, I wanted to shout her out six weeks ago. She was like, no boy, don't post it. I had to take stuff down. I had posted it already. <laughs> so I, I'm just super excited for her. Um, and again, that's that's a, a fan shout out. My sister, my love, my heart, um, and along with my other sister Carolyn too. That everybody know 
those, those are my two sisters and I love them to death and my mama. I mean, I'm gonna shout my mama out too. Mama, I love you, girl. I love y'all. I'm I'm a, I'm a mama's boy. I, I grew up in a household of, of only women. So, you know, that's that's the way it goes and, and, and much support and and blessings to to everybody out there, especially during this holiday season. I know it's been a tough year with 2020, but God got us, man. So okay. just, just keep rocking. Just keep rocking. Is your sister's book a self-help book? It's a self-help book, right? I love uh, it. No, it's definitely not a self-help book. It's a children's book. Oh. You need a self-help book? You can go ahead and end it. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, hey, it's a self-help book. Uh, some, somebody help Kiera out. <laughs> Until then, we holler. <laughs>